how excited I am like right now um, with today's guest on Walking Through Glass, the podcast. And as I was sharing with her earlier, it's like when you meet somebody and you instantly have a instantaneous like girlfriend crush, like I need to be her friend. I need her to be my friend. I need her to be my sister friend. I need to like totally just have more of her because she's so amazing that is how I felt almost spontaneously about my guest. And again, I am Dr. Dina Brown, your host on Walking Through Glass, the podcast, where really our big mission is to inspire, empower, and transform lives. And we all know that how we do it might shift and change, but the fact that we operate in our purpose is the key to that. And I, as I kick it to my special guest to tell you so she can tell you like I can't even like phrase the awesomeness is what she encompasses to tell a little bit about what she does who she is um we're going to provide you with a conscious conversation today that is going to blow your mind all right I know okay. she's all right tell who you are so my name is Sulaime Gorani and I'm Moroccan Danish and um I live in uh, I live in US now. I came to US three years ago. Uh, I live in Palo Alto, and I have been an entrepreneur since two thousand seven. And I have dedicated my life to help women, and that's why I'm so excited to be on your show because you feel the same passion for helping people. And um, I became an entrepreneur in two thousand seven because I I was a mom to be. And while I was pregnant, I was actually laid off my job. Um, I know it's not legal, but, you know, it happens. It happens to women every day. And, um, and, um, and uh, you know, I was the breadwinner. And uh, for me, being laid off my job was a huge setback. I thought so. And I didn't know where my next paycheck should come from. And I was bewildered. You know, I was bewildered. I was sad. I was traumatized. I, I didn't know what to do. And I have to tell you also that my um, my early, uh, my upbringing was t- tough. I mean, I-, I moved away from my parents when I was 13 years old. 13. I mean, that's young, right? And um, yeah, and, and, you know, I was kicked out of school. Uh, I ran away from my parents. I had really a tough upbringing. And that's not an excuse. I'm just saying that I grew up with a lot of adversity. Um, it might sound strange, but you have to imagine me growing up in a white country like there's only at that point in the 70s everyone was super white and I was the only brown kid right and um and I was excluded uh there's a lot of racism going on um 
kids were not allowed to play with me. My house was different. My dad was an Arab Muslim. Uh, and my mom was, you know, um, who was she to marry a brown guy, right? So we can't, we, no, but you know, the thing is, today I'm super thankful for that upbringing because really what it did was to prepare me for the life that I'm having now. And that being said, I, I spent a fair amount of time writing books. I have written three books myself. Uh, my next one is out in September, uh, but I have written, co-written 16 books, I think. Um, I speak in 30, 35 countries um, and I'm on the board of you know, NGOs and companies uh, all over the world. Um, and, you know, so today I, at least I'm rewarded as being one <laughs> one of the smartest, most brilliant business Say that. people that. in the world, not even in the world, uh, alongside uh, thinkers like the founder of Ikea or Mark Zuckerberg. And, uh, you know, the list just goes on and on. And the thing is, um, how do I feel about this? You know, I'm sure if I if I wouldn't mind being an asshole, sorry, I'm sure I could make much more money and I could probably be running, you know, a tech company somewhere. But, you know, that's not my purpose. My passion in life is to help others. And, you know, I don't feel like a global thinker. I just feel like a global connected human being. And my my upbringing and my adversity, not only as a woman, but as an immigrant, as you know, as a soul at this time, a, a breadwinner and a, 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 and a busy mom, I think so many millions of women and men, but millions of women out there are suffering for not having the tools, not having the community, not having the support. Um, and you know what? If you think about it, who's who's successful? You know, you don't need to be born rich, right? It helps, but um, that's not... But, <laughs> but, you know, it's really people who have communities and support and a mentor. I didn't have any of all that, right? And and um, But I, I, I think I leave... Um, I leave behind so many tools and I share my amazing network with people all over the world. And I'm helping thousands of women every year just to take the next step, just but to I believe. That's really key what you just said. And you're talking about people are rich, but they're not wealthy and that your wealth mm. and that it's not about dollars and cents. No, it's your relationship capital. It's about your experiences that you bring to the table to help elevate not only yourself and others. And that is what's so powerful about you. But you, but you know, the thing is, I think a lot of people they um they are looking for they are looking for money and wealth, uh, money uh, as such. And um, I think I understand after moving to US, I really understand why money matters. Like, let me just make it clear: healthcare, uh, universities, college, you know, everything costs money here. Um, so I understand why paycheck matters. But you know what? All research shows, everything shows that if you want to be successful, you need to exercise your happiness first. You simply need to feed your soul so that you can open up to all that creativity that you have inside yourself. Everyone has it, but we are not trained or we don't have the tools to find out how to become the best version of ourselves. And it's so easy to blame and it's so easy to shame on others who have a different color skin color or a different upbringing or 
you know, some people are just more lucky than you are. And and I was not born lucky, right? I, I'm, I, I was not. And so many other people are not being lucky either. But that's not going to hold us back, right, from being successful. No, not at and, all. And I also think that um, since it's 2019, did you realize it's only six months away until we are in 2020? Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. And, you know, it makes me think, how do I spend my time? Because yeah. there's just no way I'm going to be celebrating New Year's Eve 2020 without having clear, substantial, bold goals for myself and my, my life, right? So I think um, what I love so much about your show, and uh, we met uh, in Atlanta, right? Um, and what I love so much about you is that you really, really serve uh, the purpose of helping others. And thanks to technology, it's never been easier to be connected. I remember, back, <laughs> you know, no, but you know, back in 2000, 2001, 2002, I really had to put on that lipstick and I had to, <laughs> no, but I, and I had to go out and do all, you know, you know so much about networking. I shouldn't be teaching you on this, but you know, I had to go out really and do all those long dinners and meet people and go to conferences. I still do, but you know, today, it's never been easier to be a stay-at-home mom or just be a single parent and still run a global business. It is absolutely possible. I mean, shouldn't we salute that and shouldn't we celebrate that? I mean, the future is so exciting and so positive for all of us who are used to be underdogs or underprivileged or whatever. If you have Wi-Fi, if you have... (laughs) No, but if you have the hunger, if, if you only have $20... Per month, you can spend on education. $20 a month will take you very, very far nowadays online, right? Just the library now, um, mm-hmm. locally, and download free books. Oh, without yeah. You even need Kindle, not no shade towards Kindle or whatever else. Or mm-hmm. You can actually download books mm-hmm. for free from your local libraries or even the, if you're in a state, any of the state connected libraries. So the possibilities and the possibilities are, are endless. As we said, as there's no excuse to be honest with you, um, to not figure out a way, figure out a way to thrive because it's really about strategy and it's not always going to just come to you. So first of all, I, I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up in the suburbs and, you know, I grew up with absolutely no inspiration. My family was not inspirational. No one, I, everyone I knew was like working in a factory. And there's nothing wrong said about hardworking factory workers. My dad was one himself. I'm just saying there was just no one that I could be inspired by, right? And all the women I knew, they were spouses, you know, and, 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 you know, they never travel. They, you know, and so I didn't, I didn't, I, I think I was depressed for the first 15 years of my life. I'm pretty sure I was, I was so lonely and I didn't get any, and, and, you know, every time I spoke about my dreams, every time I spoke about the things that I wanted to do with my life, people were just rolling their eyes, you know, you know, like people still do that to me now. And, and, I had a unique upbringing, number one. There's nine in my family. I'm number seven. And my mom was an only child. And throughout periods of that experience, my mom was a single mom, but she was a very strong woman. I mean, my mom and dad got divorced when I was very young. And my dad actually passed from cancer when I was 14 years old. Oh, I'm sorry. And, And they had been divorced for years and we had been estranged, but still the loss of a parent. Oh, yeah. So having 
um, my mom remarried, you know, and having a person that didn't really truly believe in love and want to really engage in children. So my upbringing wasn't stellar. I always tell people, I don't look like what I've been through. And as when I began to, but I always knew that I love to learn and I didn't have anyone necessarily who was telling me you should. It was something that was a burning piece inside of me, which I was often ridiculed for. And so, and and, and then I just really recently did, I do a daily dose of Dr. Vitamin D every day on my podcast. It's just a 15 minute kickstart kick to your day as I help people understand what it's like to walk through the glass. And so recently I've been delving in the concept of truth and we have to really get to the truth of our story to be able to heal from any past issues. And so I had to start to, and really look at it instead of kind of masking it. And what I realized that the first person or persons that really begin to um, instill in me the questioning of my ability or my work, actually it started at home. It didn't start outside of the home. And so it was a, a combination because my mom is brilliant, but yet my mom got married very young to my dad yeah. and had children. So she didn't um, graduate high school. She didn't do formal university. And so there were some issues and some scar tissue there that she then, and being an only child, she didn't understand sibling relationships. And so there was some jealousy there that really passed on. So when I would want to share, because I was excited about something that I was learning, I was then immediately shamed into, you think you're better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Why are you? And so I learned to quiet my voice and what I call like my inner nerd in that space, because I felt that when I said something or I shared even my excitement, it wasn't that I felt I was better, no. that the perception was going to be. So when you talk about hardship, it wasn't that I was starving or hungry, but when we talk about the mindset and the subconscious um, seeds and phantom limbs and what I call that are buried underneath that subconscious of that conscious level. Mm. It really impacts the way you interact and you grow. And so it took something always to trigger me to stand up. And then if it was usually somebody else, Mm. if I needed to stand up and speak for somebody else, I was doing that, but I rarely spoke up for myself. It had to be about somebody else. And so as I've grown into these 29 plus tax and gratuity years <laughs> yeah, and, and begin to really own that space, when I look at my trajectory and I have had a very unique career, so coming and deciding to be an educator instead of being a corporate attorney, becoming a school principal in my 30s, which was kind of unheard of to be a black, young woman yeah. of color. Oh, yeah in that position yeah. was, um, was something that people were like, wow, to then be a 2012 blue ribbon principal. So to be a nationally recognized mm. presidential award winner, it was like, people were looking at me like who you are. I went, I was in this position, but even still underneath the surface, I thought, you know what? I never wanted people to acknowledge the fact that I had a PhD because I thought if they did, they called me Dr. Brown, then they would think that I had heirs. And they would think that I thought more of myself than, than what I did. And so I kind of got to the point where I realized that I sacrificed and paid my dues as a single mom through the process, married, divorced, married again, and then divorced Mm -hmm. again, you know, Mm -hmm. that I represented something that was bigger than me. Yeah. And so when I began to own that space, and then I began to look back at my mom who in the very beginning, who 
to me, for a long time, I considered my greatest adversary. When I came back to the United States in 2016 from living overseas for 16 years, she became one of my greatest champions. But I had to recognize that part and partial to some of my phantom limbs and my subconscious belief systems were rooted in the way I was brought up. So she said, be strong, be a woman, do this, do that. But also in the same vein, there were times when she beat at my subconscious and she beat at my understanding and my belief systems about who I was because of who she was as a woman. So the relationship that we often have with women to women Mm. And we understand why do women feel so combative and competitive and so Mm. at odds? We have to sometimes think about what were our relationships like with our mothers? So, you know, um, you've said so many things. I mean, bravo. I mean, (laughs) you blew me away. I mean, um, um, so first of all, suffering is not only, you don't only suffer from being cold and hungry. I believe that you can be, your soul can suffer if you don't get inspiration. So first of all, I recognize you were suffering. I know exactly how you feel. I could hide in my room for hours just with my books, right? And at at that point of time, people were like, the kids at my age would like be smoking cigarettes and just hanging out in the streets, right? And and, um, so that's one thing that I recognize that, you know, suffering and traumas can be can, can happen just by living in an environment where no one is paying attention to the fact that you love learning. And so I get that. And, and to your question, um, to women, to women and our relationship to, to, to our, uh, our mothers, you know, I've been angry with my mom for, I don't know, 20 years. And I've had periods in my life where I didn't speak to her like three, four years in a row many times. And I'm not proud of that. Um, she's old. She's not well anymore. And um, I see her as often as possible. She lives in a different country. I call her every week. You know, I do a lot of things. And I have come to peace with the fact that I have forgiven her. She didn't know better. Remember, she was, she, how, how could she be a role model for me? She was struggling. She, she had the third child when she was 20, right? Um, she's on, she's not educated, right? She was just, she, she tried she hostiled, right? Right. And, uh, and um, she became abusive. And, you know, but the thing is, really, my mom did the best she could do with what she had. Yes. And, and honestly, I, I think if I would, I didn't know this would, this, this conversation would go this way. But, you know, I, I, I love you. You know that I, I admire you. And, and, of course, this conversation would go deep right away. I, I could have told myself that. But the thing is, we should really forgive our mothers. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. And you know why? Not because I'm, I'm sure that our moms, they love us so much. And uh, even if your mom is not around anymore, if you listen to this podcast, you should forgive your mom. Like do a small ceremony, write a letter, read it out loud or whatever. Just forgive your mom. She really, really did the best she could. You are a mom. I'm a mom. I make mistakes every day. I know I'm traumatizing my kids. I know that. I'm trying not to do that, but I am doing it. As I did today. I went to his job and surprised him to take a picture because it was his first job, and I wanted that mom picture. <laughs> so he was not happy. <laughs> You see, so you know we are we are traumatizing our kids, and you know, um, and 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 also moms. I don't know about your mom, but my mom in my country, Denmark, where I grew up, it's a very um, it's a very progressive country. I know that, but honestly speaking, you're you're if you are a a good a good woman, 
And if you have a good, stable job, if you're not too ambitious, if you don't yell too much, and if you're not too ambitious, the likelihood of you being married is just much higher than if you are ambitious, right? I think this is a global, this is a global thing, right? Yeah. Ambitious women tend to be, at least they get divorced more often. And there's just a lot of things going on with ambitious women. So my mom, I think without even knowing, she just wanted me to have a good life. And right. so, so she was, uh, my upbringing was just trying to keep me, not to keep me back or hold me back, but you know, she, she tried to fight the nature in me. And my nature is to speak up right? And to fight for my rights. And when I say fight my rights, I mean, fight for my rights, like fighting. And so it, it, it gave me a lot of trouble. Um, and, and really the boys didn't want to date me. Right. I mean, I was not a dating object, right? No, no. So the thing is so, <laughs> so spicy, like your Moroccan heritage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, and the thing is also the men, the boys never felt I was pretty because I wasn't white. You know, I, my eyes are not blue. I don't have blonde, blonde hair. I'm brown, you know? So I grew up and I, I'm sure my mom was like, she's never going to get married. She's never going to get kids. So we shouldn't blame our moms. We should honor them, honor our moms for what they did. And, and as you said, your mom is a, is a, is a rock star, right? She's strong. My mom is so strong. And, um, and I don't expect her to understand my life. I don't expect her to understand my life. I just tell her I love her. And, you know, um, you know, that's all I can do really. Right. No, I, you're everything that you said is where I've grown to and then new season. And part of why I founded the lead her shift movement was to shift the way we think about ourselves as women and how we develop and respond instead of reacting all the time to things. It's really about being unapologetically authentic and holding the space, which is why I resonate so much with you and who you are and that connection space. And for me, what I realized that uh, about my mom, cause we talk now, we used to talk every day. And now we talk several times during the week, just because of the schedule is that I forgave her yeah. a long time ago because one thing I truly understand mm. is that I can't love who I am now. If I hate everything that made me who I am. Amen. Yeah. And so, you said it. Yeah. You said I, it. Everything that I've been through has prepared me for such a time as now. Mm-hmm. Even the shift three years ago from a international lifestyle of living overseas, traveling a lot, and living what I call with golden handcuffs mm-hmm. in a position and a job that had power and, and purpose and a nice hefty paycheck, but really didn't fulfill my purpose. Yeah. And so I was dying from the inside out and making that shift to going from having what I thought was everything to going to experience and living with barely anything yeah. was traumatic. But I realized that all of that, and, and now this is the joke part you'll get. I used to go, I guess, Ashton Kutcher, like punking me somewhere. Am I like, someone's going to jump out with cameras <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Not really your life because it had been so long since I had to make decisions whether, and again, being then getting a divorce and being a single mom, yeah. again, um, we can't, I, I can't buy that. No. And I don't even know when I, the last time that even came out of my mouth, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, to have to sit there. And I remember this day, and I don't think I've ever told this story in any of my podcasts, but like you said, I knew when I talked to you, it would bring out so many things that, and I'll probably get emotional, but that's okay. Cause I'm okay with it. Yeah. 
that I remember after coming back here and after the first year and I had saved and I didn't expect things to go the way they did with, you know, leaving my job and, and leaving that position and then going and having some unexpected bills. So the money that I saved for cushion yeah. money was gone. And I remember that I had probably like 13, $14 wow. in the bank and my son not think he's never ever had to worry in his whole entire life about money. he took a uber and it was like ten dollars and he didn't ask me first yeah and i knew that i wasn't having an invoice being paid for like another week or so you know and so i was like i literally blew a gasket sure and I was like, why did you do this? And so I'm sitting here and I'm having this conversation about our life is different. But then I felt as a, as a mom, I felt this overwhelming shame of how can I put my child in a position to get a divorce, leave the big house, have a different life, you know, to go to living where I have to then question whether he can take an Uber. Mm. Because I didn't know if you take an Uber, then that's going to question whether I can buy milk. And then I'm still living this other life. I mean, still just barely getting there. And on the outside, no one ever had an idea of the challenges. And this is where the reunification of a relationship with my mom came. Because when we began to talk about things, and I remember my mom, she called me like in tears. And she said, I need you to let me help you. You I need you to let me help you. Yeah. And I was just like, cause I was like, I'll figure it out. I'll do, I'll, I'll make it happen. It'll just, you know, cause I've been used to being a solutionist. And so when she called me crying, she says, I need you. You know, this was, I was paying 800 bucks a month. for I mean, when my money was just going out the window, Yeah. And she said, I need you to do this because I need to know that you're safe and you can go to the doctor and I need to know if you don't have any money so that I can make sure that you have money and I need to, you know, and so she would then do these little surprise things of like, I'm putting money in your account and I need to know if you, and, and here's the thing is nobody knew even my significant other. He's like, I will give you, I didn't, I didn't want, it was hard for me to have anyone step in. Yeah. And provide support when I had learned that my my mechanism was I was supposed to do this. So as a woman, as a mom, as a person that's supposed to be strong. But you know, your story is, um, first of all, thank you for sharing. But you know, your story is, this this happens to women every day. And you know, know, um, there's just a big difference about being broke and poor, right? And, And you know... I think most of us listening to this podcast have been broke many times, many times. I've lost my money several times. I've made them. I I made money again. Then I lost them. I made money. I lost them again. I, I know how it is to be ashamed and shameful. My, my parents, they went bankrupt completely twice when I was a child. So I know, I mean, we couldn't even like, I couldn't take home friends because my dad was afraid that they would ask for lunch. You know, we did have, we had nothing. And so I really understand where this is coming from as a mom myself, um, living, living the life that we do, you know, I think about money quite a bit. And that was also why I said, you know, paycheck matters. And that leads me to a different thing. By the way, there's nothing to be shameful about, you know, money is energy. 
yes. or anything else. And and I think we need so I'm not religious in that way that I think you can just sit down and think of making a million and the million will just be in your bank account. Like I'm not about I'm not about that at all. But I'm about I'm about, you know, no, I, I but I'm <laughs> um no, but you know, some people say, you know, just sit and think and then the money will appear. I I, I hear you. It, it, I, I never made that work. You know, I, I don't know how you do that. But affirmations without action is just wishful thinking. So you can visualize and be in a positive state, but then you actually have to do something yeah. to get there. So, <laughs> so your story made me think of two things. First of all, since you are such a strong woman, you are proud, you are a proud woman and, um, and, and your lifestyle before um, maybe at that point you lost your ability. You didn't have the wor- the words to ask people for help. You know, to ask people for help is actually a skill. I don't know where in our life we lose that ability. But well, some- I refused help. Not even ask. I refused it. Mm. <laughs> Not even didn't know what to ask. No, I, I get it. Yeah, I had always been the person. I had always been the giver. I have always been the person that people come to because they needed help. I was the person that was the provider, the fixer, the the callus to get you moving, to make sure I filled your cup. That was my job. I I thought that was my role because I was the one that was the primary provider. I was the breadwinner in my prior marriage. I had been the person that reached out to my friends. I had literally had my friend's bank account and Mike attached to mine to just wire my. I had been that person. Yeah. And so for me, when people said, well, what can I do for you? Nothing. I'm going to fix it. You see what I mean? Like, I just didn't want the help because I thought I need to be the one to do this. Mm. But you know, there's a silver lining here because um, this taught you a lesson, lesson oh, right? It, 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 it reconnected to your mom. It taught you to be um, sharing your story. I mean, at least you did it today. It taught you a, a very important lesson that you should you should take help. I mean, ask for help and, and take help. Yes. And there's nothing too embarrassed about. And then there's a lesson more. And that is we need, hey, girlfriends, we need to talk about our risk and how we can spread our risks. Yes. First of all, revenue streams, being paid what you deserve, um, understand money, learn to invest money, l- learn how to make money. You know, whether either... Even if you don't like money, and even if you feel money is bad, and uh, still you need to understand money and be paid what you're worth. It. it takes a mindset shift. Everything you're saying is true, and it took, like I said, I was in, and I liken it to that whole metamorphic transformation that the butterfly takes. Is that I had to literally go through a transformation, and I had to literally begin to shift, which is how where the podcast comes from. My mindset comes from, the lead her shift movement comes from, is that when I got quiet and I began to really see, wait a minute, what in the world, you know? And so when I began to do the inner work, yeah. I began to manifest a different outer result. And people would ask me, okay, how are you doing this? And why are you always in this state? And, and things become, and you attract this and that. And I realized that it's a journey. It and is. what I do was own my truth. Yes. And, and in doing so, I realized there was power in my story. You see me being a private person, I thought, you know what? No one wants to really, I thought in the beginning, no one wants to really hear my story. Right. They, 
They just want me to boost them up. But then when I begin to share tidbits and people ask me questions and I would share part of it and they would go, really? I would have never thought. And I said, let me tell you how. And then they go, well, how did you do it? And that's where it was ding, ding, ding. And I said, book some time. I'd be willing to show you how to, how to do it. <laughs> but it, there's an investment you have to make, not only in time, but there's a financial commitment. Because when I realized that, and, and this was full circle, that I always knew it, mm-hmm. that I was supposed to be doing this. And I had been doing it for most of my life, but I never knew you could make money from it. <laughs> so, you know, the thing is, whether you are religious or not, it is... So I'm so when I was younger I wish that I could take a pill mm-hmm. and just and just become normal have a normal boring life mm-hmm. and, a, and a good job and not too many not too much excitement just a normal life but life didn't give me that life right I uh, somehow I'm supposed to be in pain suffer you know all those things that makes me an authentic writer and a, and a, and a great speaker, a motivational speaker on, on, on life design. But you know what? Your suffering, you are a channel for that suffering. Because listen, you're doing this podcast, you are motivating people every day, and this, will, this is paying off and this will pay off. What we need to understand is that there's a lot of women and men like us who share and motivate and inspire others. But we need to understand how to turn that into some kind of business. I know that people are donating money for churches and even some speakers gets money donated. You know, We donate because we feel inspired by people or institutions. There's so many people like us who are, I don't know, different kinds of souls maybe. I don't know. We need to make sure that this industry is recognized just the same way as a doctor, <laughs> you have a PhD, but you know, like doctors or lawyers or what you know. Even teachers, even I mean, coming from the profession, it was hard mm. in the beginning because mm. being an educator, that I had been used to just giving, giving, giving beyond what I was compensated for, and so in order for people to understand that it's still a professional space, um, it it takes a mind shift. I'm, I'm a firm believer. I am a woman of faith. And I know that that purpose walk is, yeah. is partial to who and what I am, but also it really takes as a man or woman thinketh, and I'm getting ready to kick off a course on that in a study of James Allen's book, um, a guided study on the book as a man thinking, but as it applies to how we make decisions as women wow. is that it really deals with our mindset. Yeah. Until we begin to see and think ourselves into that other space, we will never achieve and manifest that because we truly are, we can never move past the vision that we have of who we are. We yeah. can't. We yeah. might reach a modicum of success, certain things, but when you wonder why can't I, why am I always hitting this space? Is because you then have to go pull back some layers and do some inner work because there are some hidden belief systems that are there. But you know, honestly, it is so much work. I still to this very day, and I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is going to happen, but at least I'm being nominated as being one of the 50 most inspirational people on earth. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I'll know in November. It's kind of getting the Nobel Prize for me at least. Right? How do I vote? How do I vote? I don't even, I don't even know if, if, if you can vote for that. I think it's just something that is hit, you know, it's a secret thing. And, but the thing is, the thing is, really, this is, I don't know if this is sad or if it's funny, 
But you know, every single day, I, I don't know if you can resonate with this, but every single day when I wake up, I have to do a very profound and a, and a, and a lot of effort for me yes. not, for me not to get back in my old habits and way of thinking. Yes, you're my people. No, no, this is, and that's what walking through glass, the daily dose of Dr. Vitamin D. That's how it started. Is wow. really me sharing with you how today I am not trying to fall back into that mode. And here's the tip or the trick or that little bit of sunshine that I use not to get sunken into that cloudy abyss of wow. darkness. Yeah. yeah. People, I was, I'm talking to myself and with me talking to myself, if you benefit from it, then great. But I started it because I said that daily dose of Dr. Vitamin D, because everybody needs a little bit more sunshine in oh, their yeah. life yeah. and vitamin D helps you process it. And I was saying that I literally have to go through. So this week I've been talking about truth and today's episode was what I call the angry truth. Yeah. <laughs> In in that I battle, and when I say battle, I mean literally battle with myself. Me too. My inner critic and my inner bully to not go to that space because I know that I truly want to live my very best life today, and I want to love myself with purpose on purpose every day. Yeah, but it takes work. I I I I don't know if I've ever done any work, and and I have been working in factories, cleaning lady in the nights, you know, dishwasher. Like I worked my butt off, honey, you know, like really, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever done as hard work as I think the work that I'm doing right now is. And, and it's just pure inner work. You know what? Two things. What took me here is not what are going to take me to the next level of my life. Yeah. I, I came to this position because I was hungry and I was angry, right? Mm-hmm. And I think anger and hunger is super good drivers. But Very at some, good catalyst. But at some point, they get destructive and they will destroy everything around you. So what took you here is not going to take you to the next level. That's number one. Number two, I think of myself as an alcoholic. I don't drink, but let me explain. I have to pay attention just as if I was an alcoholic. Um, since I'm not drinking, it's more my thoughts are as toxic as drinks. Does it make sense? Yes. No, it makes a thousand percent sense. Mm. And I don't know what, I don't know how to give a good piece of advice on this. I'm just saying until you stop up and start observing yourself, what you tell yourself and how you talk about yourself to others, only that day your life will change. But you have to be at that point where you are so tired of beating up life and where you're so tired of being tired and poor and beaten up and you know i'm not saying that you can completely change your life overnight i mean i recognize i recognize hardship i recognize disease i i recognize you know i i recognize you can not just think you want to be successful and then you're gonna be successful but i came at least from my point the lowest point in my society you couldn't you know at some point you i go to the in Denmark, you if you if you can't get a job, you go to the welfare. What is it called? Yeah, you know, the, 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 and ask for a job or whatever. They looked at me, right? I was twenty-one. They looked at me. You know what they said? Wow. You know what they said? They said, uh, "We might use you for maybe we can use you for painting. You know, you can paint a fence." 
they didn't see any talents in me. I was 21. Wow. It was, it was ridiculous. So, you know, I was never told that I was good at anything. I didn't have money. I didn't have any talent. No one saw me and I was so unwanted. Can you wow. imagine? No, but I think, you know, so to so fast forward, maybe being one of the 50 most motivational people on earth, how can you go from that low to this? And I have to tell you, everyone listens to this podcast, listen to this podcast because <laughs> this, what you're serving and what you're giving out is the recipe. Yes. That 15 minutes, 10 minutes or five minutes or whatever people can afford of the time, every day, when you start your day or when you, I don't know, maybe in the end of the day, I don't care, but just once a day, make sure that you manifest positive things in your life. And you know, gratitude is, is very important. And I know sometimes it's very difficult to feel gratitude because you don't have anything. You don't have a proper meal. You have, uh, you fight your kids. Uh, you disagree with your husband. You don't pay rent. You know, there's a lot of things going on. You are overweight. You're tired. You know, it's so many, no, but so many things like that really makes your life suffer, right? It's difficult to find something to be thankful for, but you can always find something to be thankful for. Even in your darkest, darkest moments, start being, start saying, being grateful for maybe for being able to breathe you know that's very basic no you're 100 no, percent correct mm -hmm. and in my last book the um mindful leadership 26 affirmations to activate the intentional leader within you which is available on amazon what i did at the end is we put it in a gratitude journal and i tell people all the time and i tell clients and people that i work with whether it's on a corporate level or one-to-one -one basis i said it's very difficult to be grumpy and gracious at the same time <laughs> And I said, when I feel that little poke of when I'm getting ready to start having a super pity party. Now, here's what, here's what I do do. Now, here's another piece of the recipe puzzle is that sometimes I recognize I am human and I am fallible, but I use my phone and my alarms for purpose. And I'll say, you have five minutes to be totally irrational and just as stupid as you want to get yeah. about situation. Five minutes. I set the timer, right? But by the time the five minutes is up, I'm kind of laughing at myself that I literally set the timer for me to be grumpy, you know? And so then I start saying, what am I grateful for? I'm grateful that I woke up, but some people didn't. I'm grateful that, you know, I might not have everything that I want, but I have what I need and I could go to the refrigerator and turn like, I mean, and so I literally start going to what people might think are micro things, mm -hmm. but many of us are only one or two paychecks from being homeless. Yeah. And that, yeah. Keeping that in mind is that I have a lot to be grateful for, whether they're the clothes in my closet and the things and, yeah. and the things that you complain about. And when I first moved back to the States in 2016, and this is, this is putting things in perspective, right? I love to share like my totally out of my whack mind stories. Yeah. It's that I was so frustrated and I called my best friend at the time who just passed. And I said, I, I don't know what to do. Cause I knew I wanted to get a new car. Right. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out which car I was going to get. And I was like, I just can't sleep. I'm so frustrated. I don't know what to get. And I'm saying either, am I going to go and get this other Vovo? Cause I was getting rid of the Vovo, giving it to my girlfriend again, giving it away. Yeah. Or wow. am I going to buy this machine? And I was like, oh my God, I just can't believe it. I'm just, I don't know what to do in, in my life. And I literally sat there myself and took my hand and smacked myself two times. I said, are you crazy? Mm. These are not even first world problems. These are just really just out of your mind problems. If that's what you're worried about, mm -hmm. you're you can't sleep, you're stressed about, mm -hmm. 
of which car you're going to get. Mm. And yeah. you not talking about food people can't eat. Have you lost your mind? So this yeah. is what I'm actually like saying to myself. And, and I just said, okay, I'm going to need you to do better because you've lost perspective. And I need you to kind of go back and get quiet and really gain perspective mm. because somewhere along the way mm. you got twisted. Mm. And so I have those conscious conversations with myself and I reflect often on that because we can get, like you said, it is a, when I say every day, I told people, oh, you're so happy. You're so positive. I said, mm. cause it's a choice. Yeah. I think so knows if I let it go, if I let it go, it is not going to be good for me. And it's darn sure not going to be good for you. <sighs> But you know, it's so difficult, not difficult, but you know, it is, it is a decision to be the love and the light, even when you don't feel the light, you know, <laughs> and, and, um, it takes one to know one. Right. And, um, uh, and, <laughs> and, and I, I meet people on a daily basis and I don't know if it's me that's being special. I think we talk about this when we met in Atlanta, mm-hmm. when I, wa- when I walk into a room or when I walk into a meeting, I don't. Hell, I don't know why, but I feel people's energy. I feel their suffering. Yes, I feel. I feel the level of worry. I feel the anxiety, and there's nothing. It's not like I'm judgmental. I'm just saying when I walk into a room, I don't know why I pick up all those emotions, and for some reason, the creator or my mom or whoever gave me those abilities. I need to do something with them, right? And 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 that's why you and I we don't belong in an office, right? Mm-hmm. You and I don't belong in long, boring conferen- conferences, and and you know we we, we it, 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 <laughs> yeah we don't belong there. We can do it, but you will your soul will always suffer. And I have so for what you and I do for a living, and what we have chosen to spend our time on. I need to believe, I need to trust that this is something the world needs. And I be, I strongly believe the more of us that comes together and share these experiences and, and bring hope back to life in so many people's life, it must be rewarded. I mean, but also you have to ask yourself, when is enough enough? What level of, what level of comfort do you need? Let me share a secret with you. I'm very hardworking and I, um, I have been, and I am successful if you look at the paper, but I also realized, and this is something I'm not proud of. I have two things that happens when I get too successful and I'm not proud of this at all. I actually get a little bit lazy Mm. and, um, and I'm not a lazy person. Don't get me wrong, but it's kind of when I'm too successful, I start being lazy. I do less. Um, I don't make the same effort. I don't pay attention to details. I, um, I kind of also become a little bit of an asshole and I'm not proud of that either. No, but let me explain. Like I might, I am just a little bit more naughty in the way I answer people or, and it's not like I feel I deserve it. There's just something that happens to me. And I realized it three years ago that that's a habit. No one told me, I just realized that I'm getting lazy and I have this little bit of asshole syndrome when I get too, when I get too, <laughs> Oh, but this is a big thing. I don't want to be like that. I'm not that kind of person. I know what you mean, though. But what I'm saying is that I, I'm laughing because I feel like when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself sometimes. And so it's nice to have someone outside of my head that <laughs> gets it. And that there's a sense of like ownership, like I don't have to continue 
to to push as hard because why like I'm the shit you know like so and and I can be confident I'm very clear about who I am what my purpose are what my vision and mission and values are and I'm very confident about what I'm called to do and as I begin to develop a higher level of consistency in showing up at a high level no matter what that's where I'm at now is building the consistency portion that no matter what, whether I'm successful or things are coming to me. And, and I say that the reason, again, I may not have reached like your level of success, even though I believe that I'm my mama's most influential child. I'm not <laughs> the only one in the 50th <laughs> in the world. But I remember when I first moved back in 2016 from living overseas, again, I'm just leaving this principal job, you know, community leader, all this other blah, blah, blah stuff and speaking all over, you know, the world internationally. And I come back and I decide I don't want to go back into K-12. I want to be a consultant. I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to do training. I want to help people begin to lead with their heart and their mind and build positive culture, you know, all that stuff. And literally people were coming to me because I, you know, I, I just had that thing. So I was naming my price. They were paying my invoices, but then I never did anything to follow up mm-hmm. and build that, that, um, that buyer's journey and build that continuation funnel. Because I'm like, people come to me, like I'm, I don't hunt people chase me. Wow. I, I, yeah. Hey, I know. I, that's why I was laughing because I'm like, oh my God, she's so me. And so it was that until the point where I'm like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. things dried up and oh, wait, I didn't go back and, and go back and fill things. And people were like, Dina, you're such a great self and people will respond to you. And I was just like, oh, yeah, they'll call me if they want, you know. Here, I didn't need to do any work. Yeah. And, you know, I have a feeling, so I'm not, I cannot tell people's future. I have no such skills. I promise you. I don't, I don't. But, you know, when you're saying all these things, I think about this, this, what you have been through the last few years. Yes. Without knowing the details, because I I truly don't. I think you have built the foundation for your next new great business. And it's going to be larger than life. It's going to be bigger than life. 100%. And I only believe and agree with you. And so here's where me and God, I mean, when I say we had a, I had a knockout drag out discussion, snot crying, like, I don't understand. I da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And so when he, when I finally shut up and listened, <laughs> he said to me, he said, how can you have the, massive impact that you have or that you're to have if you have no understanding of where these people have been you see and he said i need you to understand yes really what it was like because yes. i've always had favor when i applied and again um just owning the space is that people said oh you'll never get picked up as a school administrator this is your first time applying this is the first time no one gets picked up when they first looked at it i dropped my papers or i did it at the last minute to me it wasn't my best piece of writing and i got a, a assistant principalship immediately and then within 2 years i was made a school principal yeah i didn't any job i wanted any job and position that i wanted that i can recall if i wanted it and i applied for it i got it but you know what? This, but but this time you didn't pick you. But this time you didn't pick you didn't put your finger on a job. You oh. are bu- you are building something, and that takes longer time. That's yeah. And but, but it also I was building from a place again of not clear understanding because I love the creative space. Now I do have a business background. I know optimization. I know systems and processes, and I do that for fun. 
Mm. I didn't want to have to do that. You know what I mean? If you ask me where do I want to spend my time, it's playing and thinking as opposed to whatever, you know, constructing. And so when I decided to say, God said, but I need you to step on your own stage. But then remember earlier in the story, I told you that my whole life, mm. when it was time to be for me to be on stage is when I got the most darts thrown at me, that I always went behind the scenes. And so I spent time building other people's businesses. Mm. So people will come to me, entrepreneurs, I want to do this. I would literally build out a whole complete course, a program, and yeah, yeah, the whole nine yards. And even if I had mine in my back pocket, I wouldn't launch it because I'm like, oh, I want to go work on their stuff. Oh, I want to go work on their stuff. Because I thought for a while that, again, was it complacency? But when I started doing inner work, like you said, the hardest work I've ever done in my life, yeah, I had to understand and, and deal with the truth that I was scarred yeah. from my earlier past you know, memory of any time I had to speak for myself, yeah. I was told that either a, you are, you know, arrogant, you're, um, you're condescending. And, and I would literally have these darts thrown at me mm-hmm. period, for constantly. So I didn't want to speak on my behalf. I had always felt comfortable working on someone else's. Yeah. Yeah, that's the whole belief system that you need to reprogram, oh, and yeah. uh, and that is that is not easy. And but you're doing it. You are doing it, and you you're probably gonna have to work on that the rest of your life because oh, because we are super uber traumatized, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, so it will take forever. But meanwhile, you are building a business, inspiring others to to trust, to trust, and to dare going with you on their own journey. And I think that's a very noble job. I mean, it's not even a job, it's a life, right? It's, it's, um, right. and, uh, and, and I think, um, in a way, I think it is the most important job in the world right now. And that is to inspire more people to do good in the world and to stop, stop living someone else's life. Too many yes. people are living through their egos uh, you know, as you know, I live in Palo Alto and, you know, it's the wealthiest place, I think, in the U.S. And um, and we live in a very expensive street, I'd, uh, you know, probably the most expensive street. And and don't worry, we don't have a mansion or anything. <laughs> you know, uh, but, you know, it's also but it's also a place where people are super depressed. Right. And and, uh, and I don't get it because they are wealthy and they're beautiful. I mean, what on earth uh, do they complain about? But it, it, they're very. We have a high suicide rate and depression rate. And um, we moved here one year ago, and 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 um, we are a very happy family. You know, my husband is Danish. They are the happiest people on earth. So you know, we have we have a very high happiness index in our family. And um, and I told the kids, you know, from day one, don't compete. And don't compare, you know, right? because nothing good comes out of comparing our life with our neighbor. We don't have a private jet. We don't have three nannies. We don't have, we don't have all those things. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, they see us and I'm speaking to you as a mom. They see how we built, how we hustle, how we struggle. We, we are building a new startup in us, right? I left what we had to start over again in us and i have to say again regardless your political stand viewpoints or whatever this nation is by far this is my fourth fourth time i'm an immigrant this is the best country in the world i mean i'm so humbled by being here and i'm so 
extremely proud of being led into this country, great nation. I love US. But you know what? We came here to build and start over again, completely all over again. And I'm I'm 40, I'm turning 44. I'm not like I'm not 20 anymore, right? It's just harder. It's you don't have the same energy. You don't have the same grit, right? So everything is is more difficult. Um but I really enjoy the process. I am so proud. My kids are nine and they are, and he's 11, right? So nine and 11. And they see how we trust doing something we have never done before. They see we dare to be amateurs again in our own life. They see all that. And you know what? I give them something that is so important as a mom. I give them a very high respect for hard work. Mm. And I think you do the same. And a lot of your listeners, I'm sure they do the same. And we have to stop competing and comparing ourselves to others. Build your own unique life like you are doing. You are designing your own job. You are designing how you're going to live your life. And and you're designing the way you're going to be paid or rewarded for your work or your thinking or however we should put it. And and the moment we start comparing and, and competing, that's really where we set our souls free. We are so limited. We are so limited. What is a real job? What does it mean to be successful? I go to bed every night and I, I, I measure my I measure my happiness, right? I mean, am I happy? And I'm very thankful for I don't use the word luck because I don't believe in luck. Not I don't even believe in luck in love, right? I'm not lucky to have the husband I have. I worked hard to have this relationship. I worked hard to get him and make sure that we're gonna be um compatible and work and build a great happy family. <laughs> Yeah, it's not luck, you know. When people say, "Oh, you're so lucky, you have such a great husband," I'm like, "That's not luck." <laughs> but, uh, 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 but you know, I I I feel lucky in 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 I feel lucky in terms of that I'm alive, right? That's pure luck, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know how many you compete with when your mom is being impregnated with you, but that's a lot of uh, competition going on there. So I'm lucky to be here. But my life, I built it on porn and strategy inspiration from smart people like you right and and then i trusted the process and i think if you if you do that you can achieve any goal in your life you know but you know what makes me sad i meet people who are extremely successful they have everything you can ask for and they're still unhappy and that's because they're chasing something that you cannot buy or cannot be achieved in this lifetime or I don't know. How can you be that unhappy when you have everything? You have health, you have wealth. And Anthony Bourdain and everybody's idolizing this, but they don't really know the truth. And what I always share with individuals and through my podcast and speaking, and as I begin to really share more of my story is that we have what I call phantom limbs. And those are... Yeah. (laughs) I like that. And and I have like a, a whole program. We talk about how do we begin to remove those phantom limbs. And just like that veteran or that person who had something that was amputated and you're still feeling pain, you're still dealing with the pains of other um, situations and circumstances and old hurts and ideologies that you have to let go for you to be able to thrive. And so, but until we make the unconscious conscious, we can't deal with it. So we'll say, this is not happening to me because, but when you really begin to get quiet and do the inner work, which is scary and is painful. And, and honestly, there's lots of tears and, and yeah. the fear that's evolved that till you get past that and say, okay, I'm going to take this piece. And one of the tools I've began to use as I go back to reevaluate 
um, some misconceptions that I had about my truth. (laughs) I said, I can handle one at a time. (laughs) Which one am I going to deal with today? Which one do I think is blocking me from, like you said, living my very best life and moving into my next greater? And so when I go back to that situation that seems to haunt and play that mind movie and be that phantom limb that's disturbing my equilibrium, I then go, okay, now let's really, let me take myself out of the, the equation you know, philosophically. And now let me process this. Mm. Was it really the way that it was, or is it the way that I felt and with my limited understanding at that point in time (laughs) is what was it? And then even if it was a or B, can I put it to bed? Can I say, okay, got it. Here's what I learned. So then I ask, what did I learn from this? How did that make me a better version of who I am now? Whether it was painful, whether it was what? How did it make me a better version? And so then I take what people could perceive as being a negative situation or circumstance and list it as a positive. I I move in and shift it over on my balance book to a positive attribute that grew me to where I am now. Yeah. And I literally mentally, physically, and in writing do that. And so as I begin to make that shift and that understanding, I realize that it's in my power to script my divine narrative. But you're powerful. You're strong. Not everyone is that strong, right? And if they don't have the tools, I mean, you're providing them with tools. And that's, you know, we cannot emphasize enough. People need to listen to people like you, right? To make sure that they get the tools and, 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 and you show them not the entire direction that they have to go, but just the small baby steps because this is a lifelong journey and there's no thing. I just want them to begin to think about the situation. I'm not saying think like I think. I don't want group think. I want cognitive dissonance. Think for yourself and, and really get to what truth looks like for you. Even if it's totally opposed to what I think that it would look like for me, that should be okay. And so it gets, I have become very comfortable with who I am. And I say this, I love me. And if you do, it's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> and people go, well, people are attracted to you. I, I love myself. Yeah. And so yeah, you're, you're myself, very good at that. Yeah. I teach people how to follow. Like I am so comfortable and sometimes, and I, and I think that you would get this portion. For some reason, I know it before I say it, that it'll, it'll make sense to you. People will meet me and they'll say, well, gosh, aren't you kind of arrogant? I said, no, I just love me. Yeah. Completely with all my flaws. I'm unapologetic. I will say yes to me before I say and say no to you because if I say yes to me, that means I have more of me to offer you later. And so I said, I have gotten, and it took a lot, it took me, I'm 47 years old. It took me 47 years to grow to this level of confidence and I'm still growing and I'm not going backwards for anybody. No, (laughs) no. And this is something every woman, men, I'm not a man, so I don't know that, but most women I know find it, I don't know why, difficult to say no. And they start pleasing other people before they please themselves. Yeah. Why Why is that? I mean, why are we doing this to ourselves? I just wrote an article about that, a little blurb for that. And the fact is that we've been conditioned and pre-programmed that to feel um, shame or that it wasn't the Christian duty because you're yeah. others first. And so depending on your doctrine, your upbringing and your home life, and then what you read and see from school books to media and everything that you're bombarded with, all the noise and all the things. That's why you got to be very careful about what you listen to, what you read and who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. And when we were growing up, 
and I'm again, I'm a nerd, just a fabulous one. So I really get and study a lot of neuroscience. But before we had the power to really block any type of messaging that wasn't aligned to who we are, it was embedded in us. So it doesn't, we don't get to a point to about what, 10, 11 years old, where we become conscious of that ability to say, whoa, wait a minute, that's not what what I think. So when people are saying and teaching, and that's why it's so important for parents to speak life into their children. It's so important for parents to make sure that they're using the correct verbiage and they're very intentional about what they say and how they're saying things to their children, because we are planting seeds in their psyche that will manifest later. And so that's huge. And so it's not casual. People sometimes are like, oh, you're always so much. I said, I'm telling you, it's not casual conversation when it comes to kids. No. I'm in the kid business. Don't say those words because now we're wondering, why does Johnny act like that? You know what? We say to kids are two and three and you're broken up. Oh, you're going to be a deadbeat like your dad. You're yeah. never going to amount to anything. Oh, look at you, little girl wearing those hoish clothes. You know, yeah. five-year-old yeah. kids. And and you're like, and parents are saying that and they're teaching them these things and they're listen, let them listen to music and, and watch television and things that's bombarding their psyche and planting seeds Yeah, that will then become subconsciously embedded. And when they grow up and begin to manifest certain behaviors and they honestly go, I don't know why. Well, if they don't meditate and get very clear about who they are and do the inner work, they will be stuck. They will stall out. They will only reach a certain level of success because they can't figure out why can't I go to the next level? Because you know what? You never, ever cleaned out all of that old stuff that was buried in your closet. Wow. Exactly. That is, I couldn't, I mean, amen. And that's just about that. I'm carried away. That's what I'm passionate about that. You know, I love it. I don't know about you, but when I'm tired and if I'm exhausted, if I'm jet lagged, if I'm, you know, hungry, um, I don't always, I, I'm not always speaking nicely. You know, it's not right. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, no, I'm not. Like, I'm honestly, I'm not. I, I regret when I'm not. Um, but I think I'm, I'm improving every day, right? I'm, I'm mostly a nice person. Also, I mostly also speak nicely. But I think, you know, <laughs> if, you can, if you can learn, to control yourself and understand how to speak life. That's a miracle. You know, that's really where, like, that's my, that's what, that's who I want to be. Come. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, that's what I want to achieve. So this is what I posted because today was one of those days I kept feeling like people, the trigger started this morning at seven thirty. You know what I mean? It was triggers. And so I was like, nope, I'm not going to react. I'm going to respond. And um, when people were pushing, but I said, oh, nope, I'm not going to know this is how it's not going to happen. I'm in control of this. So I've been doing that. It was a day full of that for me. Today was one of those days. And then at the end of the day, again, still those triggers. And so this is what I posted a couple hours ago before we came on. And I just said this, I said, putting myself in timeout, you will thank me later. Because silence and solitude is my refuge. Mm. I'm exhaling fire right now. And so I don't want to pour that into anybody's spirit. Mm. Because my mission, my purpose in life is to inspire, empower, and transform lives. Mm. I will be doing a disservice Mm. by putting myself and sharing toxic things, which is diametrically opposed to what my purpose is. So I have learned to shut up. Wow. You know, that demands a lot of self-control, I have to say. And nowadays you have social media. I'm not kidding you. I sometimes put myself out there and I should not. 
but you know, I get so passionate, right? Or like I like I have a few things that I'm, you know, that I fight for. Let me just say women's rights, right? And there's a lot of things going on that, you know, are not so nice. And and you know, and people might disagree with you for many, many reasons. And not all those conversations are nice. That's cool. Oh, I must have did so. I was like, oh, that was interesting. <laughs> what was that? I think you just hit it out of the ballpark. <laughs> I love I love it. <laughs> Maybe that was a sign, you know. I don't know. That was that was hitting it out of the ballpark. But oh, yeah. in, all, in all honesty, um I will um I will say that it is a journey and you'll see me hashtag embrace the journey because that's what it is. And we all are on the same journey, but we will take different paths yeah. on that journey and yeah. that we can learn and grow and enrich each other along the way. And my first piece is that I always think, how can I support you and what you do as long as it doesn't diminish who I am and what I bring to the table? Because what I've also learned, because I do have a unique gift that in the beginning, because I didn't have discernment, there were opportunities that I allowed people to abuse that gift mm. and left me empty. Wow. And all they did was take, it was my, it was my fault. Why? Cause I opened the door and I didn't have and see the sense of value and worth. I can't say they did it to me. I allowed it. My mom always told us, she said, if you say that someone did X, Y, Z to you, that means you're giving away your power. Yeah. And she said the same way you give away your power, you have the power to take it back. And so you need to realize that you own it. And for me, I realized that I never had expectations for people when it came to me. I was always offering help and support and putting myself out there. And then I would be really pissed because I never got anything returned. And I said, well, because I always said, well, I don't want, don't we say this? Well, I don't want anything. Oh, no, I'm good. You don't need to do anything. And so now I speak in expectations. And the expectations aren't necessarily financial gains. And and I'll give you an example because of my strategic coaching ability that I realized, again, these were things that I was doing and I was doing it all the time. And I knew that it was causing people to have shifts and actually create income and revenue, but never once did they, A, acknowledge what what I did to support them. Never. Number two, when I had a package or program that I was selling, never once did they purchase wow. it, yeah. Um, yeah. et cetera. And so I recall one particular um, friend of mine, or not necessarily a friend because a friend wouldn't do this to you, but a person that I knew, they were like, oh, I'm struggling. It's a woman. And can you help me? I need to put this program together. And again, when I work with you, all the intellectual property that comes with it is yours as well. Because it wasn't mine. It was designed for you. And we spent all of this time putting it together. And they said, oh, you know, I really appreciate it. I just need this help. And I said, well, I do have this. Well, I can't really afford it right now. Money is tight. And, you know, as a woman, I'm empathizing with life situations. And so I said, okay. I said, but here's my expectation. I want a testimonial. Hell yeah. You know, um, you know, share with someone and quit saying, oh, my friend, help me and really call me with who I am. I am the coach. And the consultant that helped you, not just a friend who told you what to do. This is what I do for a business. And so we went through all of that. And and so I helped them to a certain extent. And then I said, okay. And then I even said, I'll give you a discount and you can pay over time. Because I was really launching the beginning of my business before. And do you really, oh my God. Now this is what sent me through the roof. 
three days later, we're having a conversation and they were talking about, um, uh, a major motivational speaker that has people walking on fire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that they paid to go to the weekend event because they just knew they had to go and see this yeah. person who can cause a transformation for them. And when they came back, they asked me how to implement what they were so inspired to do. And I know they paid over 5,000, probably close to $10,000 for the weekend, which was less, which was more than I was even going to charge them. At that point in time was very pivotal for me. And I cried because I was so yeah. frustrated because I spent a lot of time. And at that time I was also struggling in my business and I was still trying to help people. So the paycheck is important. I'm not saying get, no, you know, yeah. that's not. And I said, I will not again. I will not again. I said, I, God, I'll let you know who I'm supposed to pour into as a, a piece. But even still those people, I said, I'll send you an invoice. Then we can make it complimentary. I can still claim it on my taxes as a donation or a gift. Yeah. I said, so I, I began to be more, like you said, everything that happens helps us become a better business person and, yeah. and strategic. And so now I tell people, I would love to talk to you, but you have to book some time if you want to talk yes. business. Now, if you want to collaborate, I need to know what you offer. And then we need to put that on paper yes. too. I need to know what you're bringing to the table. And it's very few people, I could count with one hand with fingers left over. The very few people that I would say, what do you need? Where do you need me to be? And how can I help you? And I'll tell them, my expectation is that you'll give me credit where credit is due. And that's what I'm saying. Credit was credit is due because I honor that. And so there's very few people. And so I say this publicly to the podcast to you. You are one of those people that I know. And I said, where and how can I support you? That you would not take advantage of the fact that I wholeheartedly believe in what you're doing, what your mission is, and what your goals are, and your vision and your values. And so if you called me and said, okay, Dana, I'm stuck. I need you to da, 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 da. Okay. Let me just, if I'm free, let me come. All right. What do you want? Do you need me to pass tickets out, hand people bags? What do you want? You know what I mean? And then I also know that if an opportunity presented itself where that there was an opportunity for me to, again, realize that there is, whether it's a relationship capital benefit or financial capital, like, oh, let me recommend this person. Here's the person that I know. So I know I knew that instinctively when I met you. Yeah, likewise. And uh, that's also why we're having this conversation, right? It takes one to know one. And, um, <laughs> and you know, when I meet a woman or really a person who has been through so many things like you have been and is reflected to that, like you are so reflected and you did a lot of thinking. It's very clear, right? Mm-hmm. And you are so good in articulating all that pain and all that learning. And you you were able to pour that into hungry, thirsty souls who, for some reason, don't have the capabilities or whatever, who have not suffered or who have not done that work that you have done themselves when you meet someone like that, like when I met you, I was like, 
No, but it 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 was a confirmation for me that time is right now for us to stand together and stop, you know, to to start lifting people up because there's a global suffering going on that is beyond anything we've seen before. The level of anxiety, the level of abuse, the level of I don't know medication that people take. You know, it's just horrible. All those people deserve to be free and happier and more forgiving and all those things that we know how to give those people again. Uh, like, yeah, it's time. I mean, we are building a movement here, right? And um, Absolutely. Yeah. That's why I said it was, it's more, and I, and I actually begin to add another piece to the byline piece is that the leadership movement is more than a movement. It's a mindset because I don't want you just to shift and take action to go to the next place. I want you to begin to really reframe your thinking and re-engineer um, thought processes so that you can truly see yourself in all of your glory in the midst of your trials and tribulations, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of what someone is saying about you. And to me, that's where real authenticity takes place is when you can love yourself knowing that you are imperfect and that you are perfectly flawed. Yes, there's nothing I can add to that. It's perfect. It's like, it's, uh, it's, um, it's just, um, and also back to what you were saying about um, people not willing to pay for what you give them. Um, right. I've been struggling. So I've, um, I've always, I've always had different revenue streams. A, um, a good amount of my money came from speaking, corporate speaking, and they pay, you know, it's just very simple. You pay, they pay, you show up, they pay. It's just, you know, and that was a substantial way of my earnings for many, many years. It was actually the easiest way for me to be a mom was to be a speaker, even though that I had to speak and jump on the flight so much. I was traveling sometimes three, four days a week. Um, that was still a better income for me than to take a job. And I, I did not want to be back in an office. I didn't want to be laid off again. I, I, love, I lost trust, really. In, in employment, I, I've lost trust, you know. And, um, and so, and the books was an income, right? People buy your book in the bookstore so you get paid right there's no negotiating going right. on really because the book is just 39 dollars like you pay um and then <laughs> and then the whole coaching i really never really saw myself as a coach but you know but you know here's something you might like um people kept asking me for hey can you can we have a cup of coffee and at some point, I, I even wrote a column. I don't remember if this is in English or only in Danish. I, I'll have to find out. But I said, I at some point, I was so frustrated. And I, I wrote a column. If I translate it, it will be something like, no, I don't want to drink coffee. <laughs> and no, but, yeah. but the thing is, people say, hey, let's meet for 10 minutes. I have an issue. You're the perfect person to discuss with, this with. What people don't recognize is when you show up for that coffee, I don't know about you. But I am drained afterwards, man. I'm so tired because I give everything I have to you when I'm with you, right? I give every, I drain myself completely. I don't take it easily when people say, I need your advice. I will give you my advice, right? <laughs> so I'm so drained afterwards. I, I might not be able to actually do 
much more that day, right? I don't know why. I don't know why I have this way. Then I decided to do something that I was very nervous of doing. And that is I put on my homepage, on my shop, there's a, there's a, like, there's a, there's a, there's a, you can buy a coffee with me, meaning you, you push that Mm -hmm. and you pay your X amount of dollars. And then my assistant, she will call you and schedule a meeting, a meeting over phone. And then we will have one hour, one hour and a half, depending on what you pay. And I'm super focused. I'm super prepared, you know, all those things. And I found out when people pay, they also prepare better. They they respect their time. They damn, they pay attention to what you say, right? So I eliminated 98% of those free coffees. And now people do pay Mm -hmm. online. And I think, and I love coaching. I'm not a coach, but I love coaching. And I I feel one, two hours in my company and we work through your process and your strategy and all those things. It's worth money, right? And I I don't spend too much time Mm -hmm. on it. Maybe two hours, three hours a week. So it's not like a major revenue stream. But hey, I get paid for it. And I think me knowing that you are willing to pay me for me sharing my 40 years of suffering <laughs> that I give to you for, you know, I think, you know, I think we need to be better at sharing also. People in our industry need to be better at sharing how to turn this into business models. And you, if you listen to this podcast and you don't pay for people like us, you know, just pay attention to the fact that we also need to put, you know, supper or food on the table, right? And and I, there's nothing to be ashamed of. I think our industry deserves much more celebration that we get you know i when i go to my hairdresser i pay her man i pay her a lot of money because i I, you know i she's good with hair you know she spent 40 years training herself to be good at coloring and what do i not know right so i respect i respect professions like i respect your work i respect people who have trained hard to be where they are today yeah no i i i am so there with you and I don't um people say well I want to pick your brain and I say well I need to book some time and so and I do and I even came up with this one I said people if they want like a little hot shot to kind of get you know put a little fire in what they're doing I'm very I like (laughs) pictorial models that you can book a 30 minute hot shot to just kind of spew things out or you can do um a two hour um, strategic coaching session. And again, laser focus, you have that, that time, or if you want. And so when I start saying that again, I reduce the time and I told people, number one, um, if there's someone that I want to meet, I do have a place for you to book what I call a virtual coffee or green smoothie. And wow. it's 10 minutes. And it's usually about somebody that I want to talk to and connect with. Like I just know. And so it's a private link. So it's not that anyone can just book it. So if I've met you at a woman's event and I said, I really would like to talk to you to see if there's some opportunity or to learn a little bit more about you for whatever reason, then again, I block out again, 10 minutes is enough time (laughs) to to see that. And so those were complimentary, but anything more than 10 minutes and it was only certain days and only certain times um, to do that. And it's usually like 6 a.m. in the morning, our time. And, and, and not in the course of the middle of the day with your income pieces, but I started sharing with people, if you want to pick my brain or you want me, you know, 
quote unquote, mentor you. I need a mentor. I said, I'm sorry, I don't have any openings right now for a mentor. I do organizational mentoring, like with certain groups or nonprofits I work with, but I don't do individual mentors and I don't need another accountability partner. I Man, said, I love it. No, I, I, you know what? I love it. You, you took it even like three steps further than what I did. And I'm so, I'm so inspired by what you're saying. And so here's something that is also kind of private and personal, but I think it's worth sharing. After being a speaker for so many years, you know, every time you speak from, from a stage, I give my audience everything, right? And I actually think I developed a little bit of post-traumatic stress afterwards. Like I, my skin was so thin afterwards after being full. No, but a full-time speaker, you know. Don't get me wrong. I love what I do. But I, I needed a break a few years ago, and that's why we moved to U.S. and we started all over again and did something else. But the thing is, the thing is, I love the fact that you actually kind of put that into system, you know, the networking into systems, you put things online, you even gave it like 6am, that's a perfect time because, you know, I, I love it. I just love the fact that you took things online even because I don't know about who's listening to this um, uh, podcast when it comes out, but um, I feel networking is, um, can be, I need to do a lot of networking, right? I, I mean, we're raising money for the company. Uh, it, just the fact that I live in Palo Alto, that's a lot, San Francisco, like you, you do, you do need to go out and, and do some networking and, and it is great fun, but um, it is draining. Like it, it's so tough, you know, and it's, it's very time consuming. Very about it and when I first started and and was like okay it's time to be a business you know person they say, oh you got a network got a network and I realized that I was networking from seven in the morning from the breakfast meeting all the way to 9 p.m at night and I thought when do I have time to even work in my business and because of my unique gifts what I found after I did again Although I I love like the other social piece, I'm very strategic and I started to map out and collect the data of where my time was going. And I realized I was having two hour um, connections and one-to-one coffees and meet and greets. Why? I started getting so many requests. Well, what was happening? And you'll get a kick out of <laughs> I this love it. one. Yeah. Bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> it was because when I hear people talk, in my head, I create solutions and roadmaps yeah. and strategies. So when people left that meeting, they literally had a roadmap for business. So I was having two yeah. and three hour coffee dates and lunches. And for the cost, and some people picked up the lunch, yeah, I some know people that. didn't. <laughs> they, sometimes. Yeah. they walked away. I mean, literally on the napkin, because my brain was just start working like a hamster in a, in a wheel. And I would start writing things down and here, 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 here's one, two, three, four. You want a course? Here's the names of the course. Here's a section, sub there's, here's how you, I would literally put the whole piece together man. for them. Unbelievable. And so then they would tell somebody else. Unbelievable. And nobody was hiring me. You know, you, you, and I holy cow, what, the, what kind of crack am I on? But it was fun for me. Here's the thing is what, it's fun for me. I was like, oh, this is fun. I love doing this. I was do, I've been doing this my whole life. This is fun. Yeah. You know, it's, it's unbelievable, right? I mean, you are very special, uh, you know, have special talents. And, but I also think millions of people in our industry. And when I say our industry is like self-development, coaching, you know, improvement industry is a, it's a big industry. And in the U S it's unbelievably big. Um, 
I think um, I think the moment that we start taking things online, that's really where we can uh, impact and improve more people's life. I, I, I honor the fact that when we sit with a person or when we have lunch, I'm the same, like blah, 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 blah. I give a plan, I inspire and all that. But, you know, I found I found out by, okay, here's the fun, fun fact. We moved from Denmark to Texas and I don't know who moved to Texas, but we did. And we actually, we actually loved it in Texas. We loved it. And we spent two years in Texas and, but Texas is Texas, you know? And, um, I spent so much time at the airport traveling, you know, to, to other States in us and, and outside, uh, us. And that really did force me to start thinking how to make money online. Like you did. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I built Women Reignite and other online communities. And the thing is, you know what I found out? I think that's, that was a ma- magic moment for me. I think I'm great, just like you. I think I'm great when you meet me and I can like figure out your life and I will inspire you beyond. <laughs> but the thing, but the thing <laughs> is, it is actually more helpful for people if you do it online because they can, you know, they can buy your classes online. I mean, you know all this, right? But they can buy it. But you can, no, but you're right. But people listening, they need to have it confirmed because even for me, and putting it like I have four courses that I need to record and fine tune so that I can actually, you know, put out there. But where I was getting caught up in, in full transparency is I love the people connection space, and I love um, that. The same way that we're very protected about our energy because we pick up so much, I also, when those conditions are right, thrive from having that inner energy interaction. And so I realized, like, I love what I call reboots and reignite sessions. I don't like the word retreat, so I rarely use that one. Yeah. But um, I like those those destinations where we go and we refuel. And so I realized that for me, if I'm going to do one-to-one type coaching in face, I want to do it in a beautiful yeah. area, preferably with yeah. water or mountains, <laughs> and accommodations with a butler <laughs> and a chef yeah. and a masseuse. Okay. <laughs> and, and, I want, and I would love to do that with a small group of women. And hence, the CEO Sanctuary is being born. It's in wow. progress right now. And so that's my baby and what's the culmination of what I'm working for is that I will open in 2021, 2022, a bed and breakfast called the CEO sanctuary. And it's for women to come and refuel and to reconnect with who they really truly authentically are in a very luxe accommodations. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it has a community piece and it bridges everything that I love because it also will become a safe haven for women who um, maybe are down on their luck or homeless, victims of domestic violence or abuse to have a job, a place of employment, learn about business, yes. entrepreneurship. Because I don't want to own the B&B. Yeah. I want to buy yeah, a town. I love you. But yeah, no, no. Why go, <laughs> why go small? I mean, we don't do small here. But, but but you know, you should start working up. You know what you should? You probably did already. You should start You should start building no. up your waiting list. And let me tell you why. I already, yes. I have people asking me, but see, I'm not going to wait to go to the B&B. Is that I've always done an annual destination called Tabula Rasa. And it's always in October, the first week oh. of October. 
And so I still actually do it. And so this year, October 4th through 6th, we'll do it in Sedona. And it's only for five women can participate. <laughs> it's really, yeah, when I say yeah, it's small, it's small. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and it's designed to, whether you're in the midst of wanting to write, create, produce, but it's really about doing things that are fulfilling to you, but also having that intimate um, coaching and self-care yeah. piece as part of our personal development narrative. You know, I, I, you know, I, so here's what happens to me. My brain starts to spin off in this very moment, how you can build this into online masterclasses, how you can, you know, build waiting lists, how you can raise money on based on your waiting list. You know, my, I'm just like you, you know, it spins off with my brain, like how you can, but you know what to do. You have every single answer inside yourself that's a good thing right you know what you need to do you have your master plan you know what steps you have to baby steps or whatever milestones you have to go through you know all this you know what i think is my biggest issue i need to stay focused i don't know about you but i get tempted so often every day there's something new exciting things i could do too (laughs) so I call them Dory moments from um, Finding yeah. Nemo. Dory. <laughs> I love that. You cracked me up. It's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Super. Yeah, it, it's perfectly described. Yeah. So I make I make decisions by, and you know, I work with my spouse. He's part of my team. So, you know, he keeps me focused on, you know, hey, we agreed on 2019. These are the three things you work on, right? And then I just have my assistant. I, I don't know about you, but I'm a yes person. I mean, you say no, right? You 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 told me earlier. You say no, but you know, I'm a yes person, and I and I say yes. I say yes to so much, and so I have a few people around me. I I, I think you spoke to Madeline as well. She's one of them. You know, I have a few people around me, and they're all super amazing, smart women and men, uh, and um. And I'm a yes person and we have an internal joke that I say yes, 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 and then they call people and say no, no, no. <laughs> so yeah. I'm so glad you said yes, yes, yes to me because I'm thinking, I don't know how she's going to fit in her schedule, but she'll get me in at some point in time. I'm just going to have faith and believe. And so when I sent her the list, I said, oh, just you pick the date. And I'm thinking it's going to be, she's so busy. It'll be you know months oh. from now. And and I was curious, and I'm going to have to just stalk her oh. online and, and, and see where she's at. And I was so, when I tell you, I couldn't wait to the end of the day. <laughs> to go I I my girlfriend we were gonna have dinner before and she you know we were catching up and I'm helping her work on some projects and I said um okay I can't I gotta get home (laughs) enough time to prepare put my pajamas on and be comfortable and relaxed (laughs) because I am so I was so like excited and I feel so honored because time lost can't be regained so for you to truly make time and put me on that list, it really means so much, you know, to me that, that sense of value upon a connection. And, and even though we were in the room for a period of time, our actual interaction was still so limited, but I still felt like, oh my God, there's a kinetic piece here that I'm going to know her. And then I was so just beyond, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when I realized you lived (laughs) on the West coast. Oh, that's right up the history. That's a flight. It's an hour flight, you know, to go. And so I was so excited and truly blessed because I knew that 
when we came together to have conscious conversation. And that's what these are. And I said, they're really conscious conversations Two girlfriends really talking about what it truly is to walk through the glass. And that means whether it's money, it's mindset, family, personal, professional, you know, spiritual, what does it take for us to get to where we need to go? And how can someone else learn from that? That's what this podcast is all about. And I didn't want it any other way. And so I tell people, they go, where's my list of questions? I said, oh, I'm not asking you a list of questions. We're going to have a conscious conversation. And I really don't have any idea of where it's going to go, but we can agree upon a focal point. And, and usually that focal point is tied to what you already speak about and what comes out of you authentically and organically. And for you, it's about perseverance. We didn't say that at the very beginning, but that's what came out in our conversation, perseverance, persistence, you know, and really uh, the, the part that wasn't, you know, thrush, you know, fooled out for me was that there's an air of philanthropy that's there and, and, and the way you give of yourself. And so I like alliteration. So I'll use the same letters <laughs> to describe things. And, and I think that was so powerful and I, I really appreciate it. And I think that this probably will go down as history is almost one of the longer. <laughs> I longer knew, I knew. And I told you, I knew it was, I said, I'm going to make sure I don't have anything else I knew it on. would be long. I knew, I just knew it. You know, when, when I met you, my soul recognized you. But you know, the thing is, um, I was also thinking. Remember when you? I remember when you told me the name of your podcast, and you know, I I think I said three times in a row, "Oh man, that's a yeah. brilliant title." Like I, I have never, <laughs> I have never been. I I do maybe I do maybe one podcast a week or something. I don't know. But the thing is, I've never in my entire life met anyone with a cooler name for a podcast like that's that's one thing i i really absolutely love it and 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 i, I mean really secondly i think so i i've been to japan and i love the japanese culture not for everything but the few things i really love about the japanese culture and and your podcast really reminded me of something that i need to tell you before um you probably is about to say you know oh it's time to 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 stop um, no, you can keep <laughs> but you talking. know, in the Japanese culture, if they have a very expensive china vase or plate or whatever, Go right? Ahead. If it if it breaks, right, mm -hmm. and um, then they will glue it together again, and they glue it with the gold glue, so that you can actually see all the broken parts, how they have been glued together again, and you will have a new but broken vase, right, or plate. But you can see how it, they glued it together with gold. I don't know if it makes sense, but so you have this broken glass that is fixed again, but you can see how it has been fixed and they don't try to hide the fact that it has been broken, right? It just, it's just, they just glue it together, but with gold so that every single piece glued together is visible, right? And I think that is how I like to think about myself. That is, I'm perfectly broken <laughs> and I'm, I'm just glued together with its gold instead and every single broken piece has been set to get put together again just in a perfectly fine but I'm broken right and I and I'm broken and I'm so proud of that and so when you asked me to join the podcast and the reason why I was on the shoulders of Madeline and Louise or whatever who you talk to um um on my team shoulder was like I want to do this podcast I mean just you of, you of course mm -hmm. uh, but also the title like I 
it resonates so much with me. And I hope that everyone who listens to our conversations, first of all, trust that you can meet someone randomly, right? That will inspire you forever. Yeah. And um, so just don't hesitate, right? I mean, we are so afraid of new relations or whatever. and But don't hesitate if you meet someone that, you know, can teach you something. Secondly, the conversation that really matters are the one where we are on authentic and don't hide. And, and, mm -hmm. and thirdly, you know, um, you can learn from anyone and, and, you know, at no time, at no point of time in this conversation, I felt that I was more accomplished than you at all. <laughs> Honestly speaking, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just truly humbled and honored by the fact that you invited me on your show. That's really how I feel. So just, so just to make sure that you don't feel like that you should be honored. It's the other way around. Really, I am. I think it's a mutual respect. And, and I'm going to say something you probably will cry because I, I almost want to break in tears. One of my first, when I became an international bestselling author, I worked on an anthology and Lisa Nichols and Dulce, Susie Carter, yeah. you know, gave her blessings. My, my contribution, the title of my piece was called Kintsugi. The art of being no. beautifully broken. I have goosebumps, so, oh, truth bumps. <laughs> and I will send you, I'll find, it's called, the book's called Extraordinary Lies. And I'll, if I have to find another copy, I'll send you. And I talked about that. And that's actually the title of one of my no signature way. keynotes. It's The Art of Being Beautifully know. Broken. I, it, but I didn't know. It's our story. It's our story and all of the pieces. And Again, because I had to research where it went back to. And when the emperor, when they used to break the porcelain and the, the vases, and they used to put it back initially together with, with mud and things like that, because why? It was a necessity. They wanted to still utilize it. But then there was an artisan that came and said, why don't we make this beautiful? And so they began to use gold and silver and precious stones to be able to fill it in and say that we are the sum total of those experiences, but it's the cracks. It's all of our trials, our tribulations, and our life experiences that make us beautiful and there's nothing to hide. And so I had a piece of hand painted China from when I came from Korea. Yes, you know yes, I lived in yes, Asia yes, for 8 yeah. years. Okay. So I have a beautiful painted with my whatever and there's a piece in the move it broke. And so I've kept it and so I I have pieces of pottery that I kept and I didn't take and now in Japan people intentionally break <laughs> dishes to go have them put it together because it's so beautiful and there's metamorphic understandings for both sides of it someone being broken on accident and, and being able to see how to come back together and putting their life back together and seeing the silver linings and then there's something intentional about someone who understands that in their brokenness oh, becomes yeah. a new truth I understand both parts of that and when you start speaking very few people always ask people I like you did, I always go, do you know about Kintsugi? And I'll begin to share it. And people are usually wow. unfamiliar with it. Yeah. I to tell them the story. And so when you started talking and you said, my soul recognized yours when I met. And when you shared that story, that is exactly how I see myself. I mean, I mean. And that's why my narrative always my every intro to my story and my bios that I put in a book, an anthology, or even the intro, my other ones always starts I with mean, Kintsugi. The art isn't this insane. Broken. Yeah. This is insane. This is insane. Yeah, no, it's insane. I mean, 
I'm sitting there going, where I'm, I'm going, I got to find the last, I think I might've given my mom the last copy. I, um, and I'll have to order some of the copies and I'll, I'll send it to you and hell, you know what? I have a copy of the article. Yeah. I'll just send you the right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just it to you. I'll the book. And it was, it was just, um, for women, that's where the learning and the growth space has to take place is to understand that it's not the brokenness that defines us. It's how we learn to put ourselves back together and we see the beauty of the experiences, good, bad, or indifferent. And how now everything that we are is a product of all the experiences that we've and been I mean, through. yeah, it's wow. How, how, I'm just, I, I literally got chills when you were talking and I was kind of just cried and you were telling this piece of the story and I'm envisioning the, cause now you will see the artisans, they work behind the glass shops and I go to Japan, you know, I used to go frequently there and still spend time in Fukuoka and other places. And so you could go to, um, yeah. to see them. And now the apprentice, when they're working on it and people actually watch how they're putting it back together. And it's a cultural art form. And so Kintsugi is not just about the actual pottery. It's a mindset. It's a way of life. It's an understanding. It's a belief And, you know, system. we need to inject that more in our lives. You know, we try to hide our flaws, um, even the way we dress, right? When you have kids, you know, mm. you live the life. Own it. Own the fact how you look like. Own it, man. Own it. And... um and if you don't have a spouse or don't have people who appreciate how you look or what you've been through in your life, they are not your tribe. They are not your tribe. Your tribe will recognize and honor you for everything you've been through. And they will never blame and they will never shame you and they will never eat your energy. They will protect you and they will honor you and they will love you. I mean, that's how you know your tribe. Yes. And I said, she's my people. And I, I look forward to the time when we actually yeah. get together again. <laughs> we will. And forward to whatever it is. And I know that we'll work yes. on something together. I don't even no, know I what have, it is. But I, I have ideas. <laughs> I and all I say is, I don't even know what it is. And, I'll, and she'll tell me when she knows what it is. But I know that we will. And I so look forward to that. I look forward to you know, being a resource, being a support, being the sister in arms. And what I, I had, um, my bury a dead body friend, she passed a couple years ago. Um, but we had a special code. It was called the diva nine one one code. And, um, she would text me and she, and you just had to text ahead of time and say diva nine one one. And that meant when I call you, I don't need you to say a word. I'm probably going to yeah. be irrational. I don't yeah. need to record it. <laughs> I don't want you to remember what I'm getting ready to say because it's probably totally asinine and it probably makes zero sense, but I need to get it out <laughs> and I need somebody who's going to listen and not judge me and not bring it up later. And so we had that and I tell you, it, we just, that's what it was. I just need somebody because right now I need to vent and I'm not asking you for to make it make sense. I just need to get it out like a teapot. And, and at the end of it, I will hang up. I don't yeah. even need to say goodbye to yeah. you. <laughs> I'm a hang up because I got it out and I didn't kill anybody. I don't have to go to jail and you don't need any jail money and life can happen. And I think that we also need that. And so what I recognize in you is that you're one of my Diva 911 people. You know, that's, that's a huge honor. Um, really is. Um, 
I have a different, <laughs> I have a code too with some of my best friends and you might like this as well. We have a, uh, we have an agreement that if one of us call and say, bring the flashlight and bring the wine, <laughs> it means it has to, it will take hours and hours and don't ask. And one, actually one of my friends called from Paris saying, bring fresh flashlight and wine. And I had to fly to Paris and, uh, and I did that. I did that. Ah. And that was really when we tested this thing, you know, it really works. Yeah. 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 Well, that's exactly. And, and, and it takes a very special kind of a person to build that relationship and that trust with, because for me, I've always been the person that was making Mm -hmm. the flight to Paris, making the journey, but I never had anyone to say, Hey, I'm just in the midst of whatever. And I just need you. And well, I had Dia, but she's gone now. You know what I mean? So it was like, you didn't have that. And so that's so rare. And that's the kind of community, um, that I want to make sure that I build not necessarily might not be on that in depth of a level of, of that, but that mm. safe space that you can pull back the mask and the layers and take it all off and be raw. And no one's going to judge you. We're just going to say, okay, what do you need? How can I support you? And you know, if we, if, if everyone, if we say that to each other or to someone just once a week, how can I be to your service? Yeah. What can I do? I mean, it's, can you imagine, you know, if everyone did that just once a week, everyone, once a week. I mean, that's doable, right? Once a week, yeah. Yeah. We it is. So I'm, I, I am so... Yeah, you there. are. You should do maybe um, less. No, I'm, just, I'm just joking. But, you know, people, other people should do more, you know, just... Yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm so there mindset-wise. I'm not there action-wise because this yeah. is the year of me and I'm being selfish with myself. I say no more than I say yes, but it took me to get to the mindset space where I can say yes to me and no to someone else and not feel any guilt about it. So when I do say yes, I can do so from a place yeah. of abundance, but it, it's rare. And like I said, I, I say no quite often and it feels so good. But you know, it, it, it takes a lot of exercise because uh, I think in our society, um, you are being rewarded for saying yes and not for saying no. So for a lot of people, that will give them anxiety just by thinking. They ask me, people go, how do you do that? I said, here's the perspective and the way I want you to frame it. It's all how you frame it. And I wrote something, it called, and I wrote in a journal, it's called um, When No Hurts. And no hurts when I keep saying no to my dreams, my wishes, my desire, my self-care, everything that I need to thrive. That's when no hurts. And until I can really love myself and teach other people to follow, then again, I'm going to stay in a state of pain. But what I really want is a state of peace. And so how can I get there? It's by saying, learning to say yes to me. I said, so I want people to understand that I know that don't think of me as saying no to you. Think of me as saying yes to me. And if that helps you reframe the way that you respond to my answer, then so be it. But regardless, I am not apologizing for loving myself. Never. Purpose with purpose. Never. Okay. No. This is the year of yes to us. And, uh, and, and yeah, that is, that is, that is what it is, you know. It is. It is. And so I don't know when or whatever, but I know we'll have to continue this conversation. Again, it's going on like two hours. Like people are like, 
did she go by? I'm like, well, I don't, I'm, I'm not apologizing. This is probably the most amazing. This is the model of what this show is supposed to be about. And I, and I say that because I've done other conscious conversations and some are like this. And there's one or two where I feel like it's like pulling teeth and I'm watching the clock just to hit 15 minutes yeah. to cut them. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we're done because there's no engagement. There's no interaction and there's no connection because in their mind, they're still wanting to have an interview <laughs> and I'm looking for a conscious conversation. <laughs> so, and so I appreciate you more than you know, and I just value this time and I can't wait um, to, to post this episode and I know any and everyone that hears it, that they are going to take away so many rich nuggets and walking through glass of pockets available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google music play <laughs> soon to be iHeartRadio radio and the host on Podbean, And you can definitely follow uh, me at Dr. Dina speaks, um, dot com, D R D E N A S P E A K S. Um, and on Twitter, and Instagram, but I want to know how can they reach out to you and make sure that they can see what you're doing and what's going on and, and figure out what's what's happening in your so life. So first of all, I'm super excited to share this conversation with my uh, followers on social media as well. I mean, I think this is one of the longer interviews that people can enjoy. <laughs> that. So, uh, And also a few things that I said in this uh, conversation uh, I haven't shared before, you know. So I'm also super excited to... Um, to share this with um, with my audience. So how can they follow me? You know, uh, I'm a social media addict. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. So really, I, I, and I believe actually I'm the only one, you must be the same, like the only one in the world with this name. Sulaima Gorani is, um, and maybe if I spell it, it's like S-O-U-L-A-I-M-A. And my last name is G-O-U-R-A-N-I, Gorani. And, uh, you know, just really Google it and you will find me, Sulaima Gorani, Facebook, whatever, you know, just my first name, Sulaima, even Facebook, and you will find it. Um, so, and um, I, yeah, so I'm I'm there, you know, and, uh, but f- most importantly, just share this podcast. I think that that this this is um, this is um, this is what people should be sharing this interview. And uh, if you if 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 you guys want to follow me as well, feel free. Um, but um, I think you uh, should support this podcast even more. Just share it and listen to it and enjoy it and listen to it once again. And you know. <laughs> <laughs> And invite some friends yes. to have a party. They can actually do a study off of this. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And, and you know. Uh, I honestly will say this goes down as the longest. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> down on either side. And when I say the time went by so fast, but I was like, oh, yeah. where's the time go? Um, and I can't wait for you to come back. And who knows what, what you'll get like, the next time. <laughs> Because I feel like this is definitely my soul sister, no pun intended. <laughs> and and um, I appreciate you, and I look forward to everything that's coming. And you guys stay tuned for what's probably going to be coming. She'll let me know <laughs> what we'll be doing, and within twenty twenty or or beyond, because twenty nineteen the goals are set. <laughs> and, and so, but yes, Absolutely. thank you so much. 
for coming on. I appreciate you. And I am so honored by your presence. And, you know, all I can say is like, that's a wrap for this episode of Walking Through Glass um, the podcast. Again, thank you so much for having me on your show. And thank you for giving me so much time and space and uh, patience, you know, with everything I had to say. And uh, and uh, God bless you. I mean, uh, protect you, I think, for many reasons. I think, um, you know, we need more people like you. And what you're giving to the world is just very special. So thank you for having me on your show. Thank you. All right, guys. So you heard it here. Um, <laughs> you heard a lot. So share, 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 listen, 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 be inspired, empowered, and transform your life today. Real talk.